Coming up on this episode of East Screen, West Screen, China has a new historical epic in the works, Spidey faces off against Batman in China, and we look at the films Wudang and The Pirates. This is East Screen, West Screen with Paul and Kevin, where if films were food, they'd be full of it. Welcome to another episode of East Screen, West Screen. This is the show where we talk about film from Hong Kong to Hollywood and lots of stuff in between. It is Sunday, August 4th, 2012, quite early in the morning. Not our usual uh, recording slot. As usual, though, I am your host, Paul Fox, and joining me from his super-secret location here in the Fragrant Harbor is Mr. Kevin Ma. Hello, Papa Fox! Hi. <laughs> yes, uh, <clears throat> if you're wondering why we're, rec- we're recording a... Uh, this uh, this show out of its normal time slot on Tuesday evenings and a very early Sunday morning. And if you're wondering why, why my voice is a little bit scratchy, it's because uh, sleep has evaded me and the missus for the past week. Uh, we are the uh, I don't know what you said. Do do we call ourselves the proud owners of, of a new child? Is that, <laughs> proud, is that proud parents? Is, yeah, the, is the right the term? Proud here, parents, yeah. I guess. Is yeah, the, yes. Yeah. Pri- we have proud parents. Um, you know, uh, our baby uh, Xanthia was born on. Uh, was it uh, a week ago on uh, July 27th here at uh, Prince of Wales Hospital in Hong Kong and uh, <clears throat> had a fairly a quick, dragon baby. Yeah, a dragon baby, fairly quick delivery. Um, and uh, my wife, uh, Gio, was able to come home pretty much the day after the delivery. And they kept uh, Xanthia for about a week to make sure she was doing, you know, okay. And uh, we went into the hospital and got to visit her twice a day, each day. And so because of that, our schedules have been a little bit uh, in shambles, uh, to put it lightly. Uh, But we finally did get to bring her home uh, two days ago on Friday. And uh, she is now uh, adjusting to home life. And we are adjusting to baby life, I guess you could say. And what (laughs) what an adjustment it is. Um, You know, I I don't really want to dwell too much on this, but... I, I'm the kind of person that I try and do as much reading on a subject as I can. You know, back bef- before I came to Hong Kong, I read a ton of books on Hong Kong, on Hong Kong culture, on Hong Kong history, to try and avoid, uh, you know, the issues of culture shock and things like that. So I really knew what I was getting into. And so for the past nine months, I've been kind of doing the same thing. I've been reading lots of different baby books and how to be a good father and how to, you know, how to be a geek dad and all this stuff. And um, it's still, you can do as much preparation as you think you can, and it's still never enough. <laughs> Is that ways. because you didn't read baby for, 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 for dummies? Yeah, no, maybe that's, that's like it. I, I, I needed, I needed uh, babies for dummies or, or, or daddies for dummies or something like that. Or, um, yes, you can't, uh, you can't do anything on a subject unless you read a dummies book. Yeah. This, the idiot's this. guide to being a dad Yes, in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong edition. That's what I needed. <laughs> Um, but no, everything's going very well. We're very, we're very happy parents and she's healthy. And that's the main thing that's very, very important to us. Um, you know, of course, you know, there's the crying and the feeding and the lack of sleep and all that, that goes along with it that I'm sure many a parent have gone through and that, uh, I'm thinking that Mr. Ma, it's going to be your turn here fairly soon. Oh, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't see that. I thought we planned this talk i didn't expect no no this banter was not this banter was not expected <laughs> no, no no babies in the immediate ma future none that i know of mm. i hope yeah. but you know <laughs> yeah. then again you've all got all the the international film festivals that you jet off to and uh those are my babies yeah yes. okay yes. i know i better i better call some people and see it's like hey do i have a double check (laughs) yeah it's like like, hey did i leave anything anyway yeah this is not the baby podcast this is the podcast where we talk about films and stuff going on in hong kong um speaking of films what are we going to be talking about this week 
for each screen, we'll be talking about uh, Wudan, starring uh, Donnie Yen's mortal enemy, Vincent Zhao, and uh, Mini Yang. Mm. Uh, for West screen, uh, I guess I will be talking about uh, Pirates, Band of Misfits. Yes, uh, and I'm going to give a little bit of a rant about Pirates. Oh, yeah. A little yeah, bit. It was, a it was really tiny rant. It was hard to find, yes. Um, so all that and much more coming up right after a little bit of news. <laughs> All right, so not a lot of news stories uh, that we wanted to cover this week. Uh, I came across one over at a site called ChineseFilms.cn, uh, which sort of focuses on uh, films coming out of the mainland and, and, and news there. Um, and this article is entitled, The Founding of the Liberation Army to Begin Shooting in September. Um, so this is, I guess, in that cycle of sort of historic nationalist films um, that are dealing with the history of the Communist Party, the rise of the Communist Party. And we've seen two of these films already. The first one was um, The Founding of the Republic, right? And the sequel, which was actually sort of a prequel, uh, was The Founding of the Party. Did I get that title right, Kevin? Uh, I think it was, uh... was... It was changed to something. It was originally The Founding of a Party, and it was changed to something uh... like... Un not that unshackled or something. I don't. Uh, um. Um. Damn it. Founder Republic. No. No. Founder Republic first for me. Um. Jesus. Let me. Let me look that. Let me look this up. Um. That's that's how that's how forgettable this movie is. <laughs> See? Uh. It was the one all about Mao? All about Mao. I think that's all it does. No. Beginning of the Great Revival. Oh yeah, that's it. The beginning of the Great Revival. Yeah, which actually pissed me off more. So that was sort of the prequel sequel. Um. And this is yet another. I guess you'd call it a prequel sequel um, that goes back and talks about the founding of the you know people's the PLA the People's Liberation Army right yes um, and they have a poster for the film I don't know if this no is, actually that's not that's not it that's not that's, no this called that's the uh, first Army Regulations that's I think that's another that's another movie oh so that's uh, a different one yeah that's another crappy kiss ass movie that's okay movie. So, so that's why I was confused because. Um, yeah, because it's a different name that they've got. Um, yeah. So the movie is titled The Founding of the Liberation Army. It's set to start shooting in September. And um, I, I, I don't know, is this going to have a big, huge cast? I mean, one of the things that's been sort of the focal point of these sort of historic slash propagandistic films have been that they've gotten actors from all over the mainland and Hong Kong and... Um, different people, you know, like Jet Li and Andy Lau and Jackie Chan to come in and and make cameos, cameo appearances in these films. Um, do, do they plan to do the same thing with this film? Have you heard anything along those lines? Uh, the thing is, actually, I, I hadn't heard anything about this project at all. Um, but I'm not surprised because actually I expected this last year because uh, 2012 was the 95, 95, 95th? 95th anniversary of the founding of the People's uh, Liberation Army, and I thought that they would cash in on that by by releasing the film this year. Hmm. So it actually makes no sense for me to start to, for them to start the movie this year and then come out what for the 96 because 96 is a special number. I don't I'm not sure why, but yeah, uh, from the Han Sanping uh, name, uh, which is China Film Group, uh, it means he'll probably be be completing his so-called trilogy uh, and making another one of these star-studded uh, propaganda movies. It's hmm. probably complete the trilogy. Um, because you can tell that I, I never heard anything about this project actually. I was like I said, I was expecting last year people were joking about it actually that it would be the PLA movie. Uh, but from this site, which is actually a joint project between China Radio International and the Film Bureau of China, I guess this must be reliable information because mm. I haven't heard anything about it on Weibo or anything like that. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, I think I think we should be expecting pretty much the same formula. Yeah, so I see. I see. I understand why they put this different poster image here now. The first army regulators. Um, in that film, Jia Yun plays Mao Zedong, and I guess he's being tapped to also play Mao Zedong in this film. Yeah, I think there are several actors who are like best known for playing for playing the great, the glorious chairman. You know, uh, what's his name? Um, guy from the Founding Republic is one of them. Um, guy's name already. Uh, yeah, the guy in the Founding <laughs> Republic. Apparently, he was well, pretty well known for playing Mao in multiple uh, TV shows and movies and stuff like that. And I guess this guy is the another one mm. i guess it pays to look like look like the chairman yeah so another uh national historic film or propaganda piece depending on your 
the way you look at the way they deal with history. Um, you know, Richard, to look forward will you to be it. watching it, Paul? Yeah, yeah, I'll see it for sure. <laughs> um, you know, because I'm being a little bit of a history buff, I'm interested to see you know, what they do and and if they put any spin on things. And uh, you know, I, I've I can I can say I've enjoyed the the last two to some extent, although not without some criticism uh, for some of the ways they do things with or, or, or omit certain things from the history. But, you know, that's what film is there for, right? But Paul, it's okay because you're the evil Western imperialist yes, forces. So you're that, okay that's correct. Like, and even worse, I'm a critic, so that's yes. like all bad, right? I, I'm the and ultimate actually, evil. And actually, I'm a history buff too, so I won't be watching it. <laughs> because of that, right? <laughs> yes, because I'm a history buff. <laughs> all right, well... We'll have more on that film as more news comes out. Um, for now, we've got another story, or at least Kevin does, uh, about some releases in China from some Hollywood films. Uh, and looks like The Dark Knight Rises and Spider-Man are going to be going toe-to-toe. Yes, only only in a, I guess only in a, a state-approved film system, a film market. Uh, you have two movies like these, uh, like this, going uh, toe to toe. It was already confirmed actually a while ago that Spider-Man will be coming out at the end of August on August thirtieth in China, but for the Dark Knight Rises, actually it was kind of a, a touchy issue because one, the first two Batmans did not were not released in China, and uh, three, because it comes uh, two, it comes at the end of the so-called protection domestic film protectionist month, which is why um, uh, for some reason China Film Group put it put the movie tentatively uh, at the end of August to go toe-to-toe with Spider-Man. Uh, apparently, after some failed negotiation on the part of Warner Brothers uh, and China Film Group, The Dark Knight Rises will indeed, and has been com- confirmed by several film film industry um, uh, insiders on, on, on Weibo, that uh, Dark Knight Rises will indeed come out on August 27th, which comes out three days before The Amazing Spider-Man, which puts them on the same weekend in China. A hmm. uh, very strange competition, a very actually quite exciting one, because... Um, not even Hollywood studios would be stupid enough to put these two movies against each other, and yet China is—it's almost—it's almost like watching like a cockfight, you know? Like these these guys who are out of it, they want to see like two of the biggest co- uh, uh, um, uh, chicken go toe to toe and just see what happens, mm-hmm. you know? Even though it's not really a smart decision, but they just want to do it and see what happens. Uh, it's gonna be quite an exciting fight, and um, I'm guessing that. I mean, uh, but let me ask you a question. This is this is a thing that's always kind of perplexed me. I know that there's this idea in in Western cinema or the Western theater circuit that you don't want to have a movie, two big movies on the same weekend. There's this idea that, and maybe it has to do with the price of movie tickets now more so than ever, but there's this idea that people will only watch one movie during a weekend. Um, And that, okay, if I'm going to go see Batman opening weekend, then I'm not going to go see Spider-Man or vice versa, and I'm somehow never going to go see the other film. Um, I mean, is, is is there some magical thing about opening weekend? I mean, if they don't get my money opening weekend and they get it the following weekend, they still get my money, right? Well, because um, the other films will be opening the next weekend. Now, I was going to add that Prometheus is also opening in a week, a week after that. Hmm. So so we have these three movies going toe-to-toe, and the problem is there aren't enough screens in China to be able to uh, to be able to hold all three movies and still have space for any kind of domestic competition. So I'm sure that even Chinese filmmakers, are free- the Chinese film industry is also freaking out because you got these two giants, literally <laughs> giants, going in there and taking up all the screens because people are going to want to watch Spider-Man um, and people are going to want to watch Batman uh, because they've seen the first two movies on pirated DVD and want to see what a real Batman movie looks like on a real movie screen probably. Um, and then Alien comes in. You got this another big sci-fi blockbuster coming in two weeks later. If a movie like, um, if a crappy, crappy sci-fi movie like uh, oh, some Russian, yeah, Lockout, <laughs> or or um, or what else? Uh, this is Russian game sci-fi movie that opened that even made some money. Those movies you make money. Think about how much Prometheus could make hmm. in China. Um, and you have all these movies that are going to be taking up screens. And opening weekend is very important because. Opening weekend determines how willing a theater uh, is willing uh, how willing a theater is to to keep a movie on their screens. So if it doesn't do well on opening weekend, um, like the pirates, uh, then they're not going to keep it around. Hmm. They can't keep it around because they didn't pay them to keep it around because they have better movies to show that makes more money. Um, so 
yeah, so it's going to be uh, very interesting. And you also have the uh, uh, idea of IMAX, because both Spider-Man and Dark Knight Rises are IMAX movies. So which who is going to pick which movies for their IMAX screens? Uh, the movie that was shot in IMAX, or the movie that you could charge extra IMAX 3D? Hmm. So yeah. it's going to be a very interesting weekend. I think. They have to just put both movies on the same ticket, you know, and uh, charge people <laughs> accordingly and make it a double feature. Yeah, but who's stealing box office from whom? <gasps> Actually, yeah, it's true because the movie all the money all goes to China Film Group anyway, who is importing the movies. Yeah. So, like I said, it's gonna be very interesting, a uh, very exciting weekend to see, and uh, and and you know, I guess that throw the idea, the whole idea of a film protectionist month out the window because by then these three Hollywood movies would be taking up all the screens and the Chinese film industry have to freak out again until the end of the month. When well, I'm guessing there's they're not gonna plan any major mainland releases during that period. Probably during those two weeks, because you have the they gotta gather the ammo for the big uh, national day holiday. Yeah. Uh, so you have five or six huge domestic releases coming those 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 at the end of the month. Hmm. Interesting. We'll have to see who comes out on top. Will it be Marvel or will it be DC? Oh, I didn't even think about that angle. Yeah. Or will oh. it be uh, Ridley Scott? Probably not. <laughs> but actually, Prometheus will be will be cut by. Uh, and there was a joke on Weibo because uh, someone said. Oh my god, Prometheus is coming, and instead of 20 minutes, it's going to be cut by only 15 minutes. And people were like, what? That's, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> it so. still won't make much sense to people. This <laughs> cut would still be better. So. Yeah. All right, shall we move on and talk about some film? Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got one e-screen film to talk about this week, and that is the um, latest film from, uh, I, this is a China film, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, called Wu Dang, which um, basically this is the story of, of Vincent Zhao, who you might recognize from uh, uh, other martial arts films. He plays a character named Tang Yunlong, who's sort of a F- Indiana Jones-style fortune hu- hunter, treasure hunter. Uh, kind of guy. He's a little bit roguish. Um, he he can be refined when he needs to be. He seems to know a lot about ancient history and ancient artifacts, and uh, he is on a quest to <coughs> recover these uh, these artifacts. And he finds that they are in this. They're hidden throughout the uh, region of Wudang uh, Mountain. So, in an effort to track these down, uh, he takes his young daughter, played by Xu Zhao, uh, who's named Tang Ning. And he takes her there under the impression that they're going to join the Wudang martial arts uh, competition. And even though his daughter's martial arts skills are are uh, not very strong, he just wants her, he says he wants her to go in and sort of learn from the experience from the event. Of course, that's just a cover for him to uh, sneak around uh, throughout the, you know, the monastery and try and find these different artifacts. Um, also, uh, sort of competing with him in this venture is uh, Tian Xin, who's played by Yang Mi or Mini Yang. Um, she is also after uh, some of these artifacts, and she has her own reasons and motivations for doing so as well. Uh, to thwart them is the sort of the the second in command at the monastery. Uh, played by Dennis Toh. He's a, he's a monk, a, a Taoist monk called um, uh, Bailong, or White Dragon, if you translate it out. Um, and so what ensues is a little bit of a sort of a cat and mouse in some places, uh, some, some martial arts conflict. Of course, um, Vincent Zhao's character has, he's made some enemies in the past, and so he's got some people sort of hunting him down for uh, a little bit of a double cross kind of an incident that happened in in his past. Um, So that sort of comes out to play. And uh, so basic, and also um, uh, another important character is uh, Fan Xiu Wang, who plays sort of a dopey, uh, a dopey disciple at the the, uh, temple, who's really only there because his mother is sick. Um, But somehow he gets caught up into the martial arts competition, even though he has no martial arts skills. Uh, and then his master teaches him sleeping kung fu. Yes, it's the return of sleeping kung fu, which you might have last seen in a Stephen Chow film. 
I think was the last time we saw Sleeping Kung Fu. Was it True Legend as well? Oh no, that was Drunken Kung Fu. Yeah, True Legend. Was, did they have Sleeping Kung Fu in there as well? No, I think that was Drunken. That was Drunken. Yeah. yeah, that was Drunken. Um, so yeah, Sleeping Kung Fu where you can basically sleep and become a Kung Fu master because you train in your dreams and time moves moves much more slowly. Um, so yeah, this film is really a mixed bag of stuff. It's kind of all over the place. You've got sort of the treasure hunter angle. You've got this martial arts competition. Um, you've got different people sort of going around. It's set in sort of the nationalist period between uh, the Qing dynasty and uh, the, the, the rise of the communist party. So it's got sort of some of the aesthetics of that period in places, uh, you know, there's a, they ride around in a motorcycle with a sidecar and, uh, uh, Xu Zhao's got this really ridiculous sort of 1930s haircut, uh, that just doesn't really look good on her. Um, and so for the most part, it seems pretty straightforward. And then tree fairies show up and I'm like, (laughs) what? (laughs) You know, these little dancing tree fairies. And at that point, the film just kind of goes off the rails for me. They, they um, came from uh, the Lord of the Rings movie. They're like, sorry, sorry, we should have late. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's just weird. I'm like, what am I? What am I watching? And then, so the the martial arts competition plot kind of seems pointless too, even though it's kind of there as an excuse to hunt the treasures. Um, the the reason that sort of Fancy Wong's character gets embroiled in it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, he ends up getting paired off in a fight with Xu Zhao, um, and his mother actually wants her to, you know, he wants her to marry her son, even <laughs> though he's a monk. She wants him to quit being a monk and 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 get wants. She's trying to pair them, the two of them up. Um, so there's a little bit of, you know, touches of romantic yeah. comedy in places, um, but it's just kind of all over the place. And and the martial arts, it's got some good uh, some good action. Uh, in some places, but a lot of it seems like we've seen it before and done better in other films. Um, you know, there are a couple, there are a couple scenes and bits of choreography that seem like they're tra- taken right out of, uh, you know, a Jackie Chan film here or a Jet Li film there. Um, and, and I mean, even, even Vincent Zhao and, and Dennis Toe, both very good martial artists themselves, they don't really shine here. Uh, in the fight scenes they have. Uh, by the end, it kind of gets revealed. There's a little bit of a reveal that I won't spoil here as to why, you know, why Vincent Zhao's character's out there and why he's sort of a thief, basically. Um, and by that point, there's just so much other stuff has gone on and then been forgotten. It it kind of makes you just lose sight of the whole plot, Um uh, for ex- the best example of this is the Fancy Wong character, whose entire plot just by the end you don't even see him anymore. He's kind of like just cast off, and they don't even in the in the the epilogue they don't even come back to anything. There's like one scene that he's in, uh, sort of during the final fight climax, and then you never see him again. Um, and so that's kind of the approach that this film takes with other plot points. It's just like. It starts down certain paths, but it never really fully finishes going down those paths. Um, and it's kind of just going by the numbers to tell what in the end is kind of a really mm-hmm. standard story. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, I like Fancy Wong, and uh, I would have liked to seen them do more with him. Minnie Yang, she's not really given much to do here. She's kind of doing some of the same, same cutesy stuff that we've seen her do in other films. Certainly not as impressive or interesting as what we saw her do last time in uh, Painted Skin 2. Um, but again, she's easy on the eyes. Uh, there w- there was an article, too, that I came across. I think it was also on the ChineseFilms.cn site um, saying that uh, she's got, like, eight films out. Um, she's the new Sean Yu. Yeah, yeah she's, like, she's, like, all over the place. And the, the, the article was saying that, you know, you wouldn't even know it because mo- a lot of the news that's generated around her is around her personal life, like... Uh, you know who her like boyfriend is and what cosmetic surgery she's getting done and and those kinds of things but yeah she's been you know she's been uh, busting her tail this past year uh, with eight films that's like 1990s hong kong work ethic right it's like sean you work at it's yeah. like eric Tung work ethics yes um so yeah she doesn't have a whole lot to do here but um you know she she was fine and 
she does have um, a couple scenes where she's doing some martial arts, and uh, she's a she's a fair martial artist when she's given some decent choreography to, to try and handle. Although there were a couple of scenes, some of the stunts where you could obviously tell it wasn't her. Um, yeah, and a lot of it sped up actually. A lot of her, yeah. her stunts. Yeah. But um, I would say she was okay, but Xu uh, Zhao not so much. Um, the fight scenes that they gave her to do, I mean, I know she's young. And she's not, you know, I don't know how much training she's had as a martial artist, but she needs some more if she's going to kind of continue on taking on these kind of roles. Not that I don't think she's capable. I just don't think they spent enough time with her for what they were asking her to do for this particular film. So on the whole, for me, it was kind of a mixed bag. It didn't really end up in, you know, it, it left a lot of threads hanging. It didn't give a lot of closure um, for, for some of the plot lines, at least as much as I would have liked. But it was fairly okay. Um, special effects wise, you know, it's, you've come to expect that uh, they're going to use a lot of CG. A lot of it's not going to look that good. Um, especially when they're in the tournament, there a couple of the tournament fights. They're fighting like on this round dais that's kind of overhanging a cliff, the side of a cliff. And it's very obviously CG. And I was just thinking, you know, back in the 19, late 1980s, early 1990s, they would have actually done it on a cliff. And, you know, so it's it's kind of taken the cheap way out with the CG in some places, and it shows, but, you know, it's not overly terrible uh, compared to some of the other stuff that's come out this year. So I'd say, yeah, TV it if you like, you know, these these mi mix-ups of genre. Um, if you if you liked things like, what was the one with Jay Chow? Treasure Hunt? Treasure Hunter? Treasure Hunter? Oh, yeah. oh why do you remind me of yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's kind of wow. got that same feel to it. At least it did for me. So, yeah, I'd say it's a solid tv kevin okay uh before we uh i just did a little bit of research and um yes this year in 2012 we've already seen mini yang and um and count i'm gonna count my fingers just to make sure um painted skin resurrection also ends well 2012 uh on my way a sports film love in the buff uh wudang new perfect two holding love which is coming out and also co-stars with boyfriend and upcoming uh, with The Bullet Vanishes. So yes, that like is eight movies. Nick Tse, in yeah. yeah, that is eight movies. Wow, I didn't yeah. even count that much. But anyway, yes, yes, totally overexposed. Um, and I don't mind overexposed me in the end. <laughs> in Kevin's book, that's not exposed enough. <laughs> yes, and I had to. I had to go there. Sorry, I would rather see eight Mini Yang movies other, uh, rather than uh, eight Sean Yu movies. Yeah. I'm sorry, or eight Nat Chan movies. Yes, or eight Nat Chan movies, which we did once get, <laughs> I'm sure. It's it's freaking Hong Kong cinema of a prayer. We never know. But anyway, um, yeah, this movie, um, Wudan is like a legendary collection VCD that I would buy for ten dollars on a shady shady shop on west of Nathan Road in Mongkok, like yesterday. Yeah. That's how that's how bad it is. It's like it's so it's bad. And it's early nineties. It's like crap that you watch in ni early nineties and not watch. It'll be in theaters for like two weeks. And it was still Star Vincent Zhao. <laughs> By the way, it was still be Vincent Zhao, and it'll, it'll be like in theaters for like two weeks. You know, on some on some uh, some theater where they hand draw your tickets, and then you know you wouldn't go, and they show had to show at like eleven a.m. and like four a four p.m. for like thirty bucks a ticket. Um, the story is really lame. It's like the quest meets Indiana Jones. Never have a, have a John Claude Van Damme movie as like your inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> and then meet that with Indiana Jones. Okay, maybe you can say like, what was it? Meet, um, um, which is the Bruce Lee movie. Um, about the tournament. In the like Dawn of Clans. Death? No, before that. Enter no, the before Dragon? That. Yeah, Enter the Dragon. Oh, yes, yeah. okay, Enter the Dragon meets Indiana Jones. But without, you know, the basketball players. Um, Vincent Zhao still has no charisma whatsoever as a leading man. I'm sorry, the glasses do not make you look smarter. It just makes you look like Vincent Zhao with glasses. Um, Louis Fan is fine until he got paired up romantically with the thirteen-year-old of yeah. the cast. What, what is know? it with Louis Fan? He can't. He, they they don't seem to like him as a leading man material. He is very much like Vincent Zhao. Yeah, you know, except that he has. I'm sure that Louis Fan is a nicer guy. You know, so he's not actually he's actually not a mortal enemy of. Donnie I mean, he he seems really versatile. Sometimes he's the villain. Sometimes he's a good guy, and in this case, he's just sort of like a super nice guy. And yeah, he's like, best I, and man I ever, totally yes. bought it, you know. And I was yes. just thinking, I I want to see much more of his character, and you know his his relationship with his mom and and this kind of stuff than than the other stuff that was going in on in the film. 
I guess I guess the uh, being in the store, Ricky really ruined his career or something. Mm. I'm not sure why what happened. I'm not sure why he never made it. But you know he's doing at least he's getting steady work, which is you know what you, you can say more than that for you, know, you can't really say more for many other martial arts actors. You know, think about like Wu Jing. When was the last time you saw him in a movie? Yeah, that's true. You know, what was, what was, the, what was the assassin movie? Uh, uh, Legendary, Legendary assassin. assassin. Was that his last leading role? No, I think. Well, yeah, that was the last leading role, and he was. That was also his co-directorial debut. For mm. Crying out loud! Uh, but the last time we saw Wu Jing in a movie might have been uh, Windblast from ah, two years ago, yes. or City yeah. Under Siege. Uh, and yeah, he's actually been quiet ever since. Don't know why. But you know, Louis Fan is fine, and um, even with the touch of pedophilia here, um, and <laughs> that was a really strange thing. Why the hell would you pair? I know, I know the character. I think mean, I mean, Ross said that. The characters maybe maybe is maybe supposed to be like seventeen years old, but yeah, I the got fact the sense she was supposed to be around sixteen or so. Yes, but the fact that Shu Jia was thirteen when she shot this movie, yeah, and paired up with the forty-year-old guy. Oh, well, hey, it's you know it's, it's the nationalist period in China. Things were different back then. Yeah, but it's twenty twelve <laughs> now, and things are a little different. And we don't really watch, you know. I think and many people was well, many people have have noticed this and find it actually really weird. And you know, Bao Jing is like, oh, don't worry. If this bush in the if this grass in the field play ball, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm gonna keep that 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 impression of Bao He Ching is on, on a loop. <laughs> That's going in the soundboard. <laughs> oh god, I, I really should stop talking. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, anyway, uh, Mini Yang, um, actually, many of the, uh, much of the Mini Yang action stuff is sped up, I'm not sure you could tell, uh, I guess undercrank is the word, to yeah. make her look more like an art- martial artist, um, but she does work very hard, the movie is produced by Mei Ah, which is her agency, I think, her, her, her artist agency, so, um, yeah, they, they were really trying to push her to be a star, um, but does that mean she can be an action star, and I'm, I'm gonna make another Mini Yang underexposed pun here unless she goes she wears tight leather i don't think she can ever be like a super action hero mm. sorry it's, it sounds sexist but um i i'm not sure she really sold herself as an action star here and and unfortunately yes if she has to sell herself an action star about being a martial artist she will have to sell something else mm. um kind of like what jennifer saves doing with a naked soldier by the way did you watch the trailer for naked soldier uh, i have not seen it yet no did she, okay it didn't show your print but anyway we can talk about that later um director patrick learned this is a guy who's directed two hit Hong Kong comedies that made more than $20 million each. $20 million Hong Kong dollars each. And he couldn't find anything better to do than this. Very strange choice. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, he, it's not a... You can tell he's a director for hire and he didn't really deliver. Um, unintentional dynasty fun all the way. You know, if you want to use... Uh, it's ready for mocking, so to speak. Did you guys watch it at the dynasty? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I went to so China Cam. <laughs> ah, did you watch it a small screen? Small screen, screen, hand prints oh, and all. That would also be perfect. Actually, yeah. that's also a perfect experience. But Dynasty, totally Dynasty fun all the way. I, I nominated this for Dynasty Award this year. Um, so unless you're into that kind of movie, I would say skip it. But if you are kind of into that an unintentional, funny, cheap martial arts movie that's like from the early '90s, there's still some real fighting. Dennis Tobe, best performance of his career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He actually emoted. That mustache did all the acting for him. <laughs> so awesome. Um. Anyway, <laughs> some find it. <clears throat> some people who watched it found it boring, but I was having so much fun with it. It was like no one actually speaks in their own voice ever. You know, it's like early '90s over again. You know, that's yeah. kind of stuff that I missed. Um, I missed when I was growing up. I never got to enjoy indulge in these crappy movies so now i get to do it and it's fun um so yeah tv if you're into that kind of movie then skip it if not all right let us move on one thing i forgot to ask about wudang is uh was donnie yen involved in that no no not at all this movie was actually was shelved for a while Mm. Uh, you know i got some of the I got some of the uh, the credits list from the uh, Hong Kong Movie Database, and they had his name listed in the credits list. And I was wondering, was he like an executive producer or something? Because it didn't say it didn't have an association. It wasn't listed as a character or anything. No, no, he was never. You know, the HK Movie Database always have this. They're partly, a, I think, user modified database, and mm. they get 
things wrong. They put a lot of rumor rumor casting up there and never take it off. So no, it's not. Um, no, it's not. Yeah, I thought maybe he was like a consultant or choreographer doing some choreography or something. But then I remembered some of the what was it the Weibo uh, feud. Yeah, the Weibo feud from a few months ago. But actually, yeah, uh, the Weibo feud came after because uh, Vincent Zhao then went to do special identity. Mm. All right. Well, we've got one West screen film to talk about this week, and actually it's going to be all over in Kevin's court because I couldn't watch this movie, even though I wanted to. And that is the film The Pirates, a band of misfits. Um, this is coming from the same studio that gave, gave us uh, Shaun the Sheep, I guess, and... Uh, Chicken uh, Run. Chicken Run, Wallace and Gromit. Um, and I really like the stuff that they do, and I really wanted to watch this movie. Uh, but when I went out to try and find a screening, all the English versions were gone in a week. They still had Cantonese uh, dubbed versions playing all over the place, but all the English versions had been pulled um, after seven days. And I was kind of miffed about that. Um, even, even on Hong Kong side, you know, in some of the... Uh, you know, some of the bigger theaters like Pacific Place, they'll tend to keep uh, more English language stuff longer and they never run the, you know, it's like they'll never run a film like Wudang over on that side because I guess they're not going to get the attendance. Um, but even they didn't have it. And I was just kind of like, oh, man. Uh, but Kevin, you saw it and you're going to tell us all about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Pirates, Ben Misfit, I think it's based on a series of books. And um, there's one of the installments. Um, it's about a group of pirates led by the Captain Pirate. His name is Pirate, I think. Uh, voiced by Hugh Grant, uh, who is kind of a, a very spirited pirate, but also a very mediocre one, you know, who goes around and always uh, hops on the wrong ships and plunders the wrong, wrong... I'm not even using the right, you know, pirate speak here. R. But always, you know, R. Plundered around the wrong booty, isn't it? Yes. Looty? <laughs> booty? Yes, gets the wrong booty. Uh, and... But he's, he's a very ambitious pirate. Uh, and, of course, like the title said, he has a band of misfits, uh, which includes, you know, um, a very loyal second uh, second second in command, a, um, a woman who is actually dressed as a man, uh, dressed as a male pirate with a big beard, and, and uh, many, yeah, his, his whole ragtag team of pirates. And they go around the ocean and kind of failing, kind of mediocre, uh, enjoy things like Ham Night. Um, but, but, but the pirate captain uh, also actually wants to win the Pirate of the Year award. And after a fairly embarrassing uh, uh, incident when he tries to um, apply his, 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 his application for the Pirate of the Year award, he becomes embarrassed and decides to um, uh, go for something bigger. And that's when he meets, uh, where he plunges the ship of Charles Darwin, uh, who is actually on a, on a nature expedition and discovers that the bird that uh, the pirate captain has is a dodo bird. You know, it's an extinct creature that's been long missing for a long time. Of course, Darwin wants to use the dodo bird to be his claim to fame. Uh, and together they go to England. And um, from then on, of course, it turns out there's a twist. There's a double twist. They run into the Queen Victoria, who actually hates, hates, hates Pirate of a Passion. And from then on, you have all kinds of twists. And of course, uh, the pirate captain will learn something and blah, 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 blah. Very, very typical um, uh, kids movie stuff. Uh from the apparently stupid is the new charm, because the the pirate captain is actually a very stupid man. He's very incompetent as a, as a pirate, very incompetent as a, as a human being, and actually his second in command has all the intelligence and is far more competent as a captain than he is. But he's super loyal, and all the men are very loyal for some reason. Um, but stupid is the new charm. What can I say? Uh, well, kinda, that's kind of the the status quo though for some. I mean, like Inspector yes. Gadget or even Wallace and Gromit, right? I mean, Wallace was always kind of the Bumbler and Gromit was the sort of the brains of the duo. Yes, I'm not even sure if this is a British thing because maybe a British thing, I'm not sure. But yeah, like you said, it is very apparent things like uh, Voss and Gromit. Um, the film is all stop motion except for the background. Uh, only the characters are stop motion, the character movements are stop motion, and everything else is in, I think, CGI animation. What about background. the ship? The ship itself, many of the more complicated action, because there's a quite a lot of complicated action in the ship, uh, I think those are CGI. Hmm. Uh, the background, the ocean CGI, I'm sure. Um, How did the two mesh together? Does it, does, is it distracting or does it blend well? No, it actually blends quite well because there are some because I guess with the animation they get to use, do some more complicated sets and things like that, and it blend and they blend in well. Mm. And I was so so irked by the by the free, so-called 3D that I didn't probably didn't even notice if they were they weren't meshing in well. But uh, yeah, I mean it looked good. 
it was good. Um, I think it saved a lot of time, especially with the CGI set, is that they were able to to uh, focus more on the character movements and things like that, and everything mixed in fairly well. You could you could almost not be able to tell that it's stop motion. Hmm. I think that's how that's how far they've gotten the technology. Um, but anyway, Hugh, uh, voice actors, um, a big British cast, uh, also cameos from uh, Selma Hayek and uh, Jeremy Piven um, as as the some of the more famous pirates. I think um, they only have like one or two scenes, um, but a huge British cast and plenty of British humor. Uh, very fun, you know. If you like the Walls and Grom movie, and you like Chicken Run, then you get a lot of these the same same thing here. Um, lots of silly fun, nothing really takes seriously. Like I said, the the whole these gang of pirates they aren't really good pirates, so so the fun is how to see them not being good pirates, um, and how they're still loyal to this this really bad captain. Um, and if one thing you can appreciate take away from this movie is you know you gotta love free speech and democracy because the Queen of England is the villain. Hmm. Everyone, she is the person who hates the pirates the most, and. And she is like the villain of the piece. What else can? What other movies can you make? Can you make a movie now? Make Mount like Don't villain. You know, it's it's really impossible. It's, it's quite quite a quite. I appreciate that a lot. Um, the 3D is non-existent and it tired my eyes out. I, I think I say that about every 3D movies. Um, and if you have British spirit, you know these days with the Olympics, and uh, it's easy to have British spirit. If you like British humor and if you like uh, the work of uh, Artman, um, then it's well watching. Well, well worth watching. Uh, in 2D. Mm, yeah, I definitely want to see this to get the the Blu-ray when it uh, when yes. it uh, comes out. In terms in terms of the humor, though, I mean, is it still smart enough for adults? Yeah, yeah there there are of course a lot of British. Uh, the the dialogue comes really quickly, and and um, you know, there are lines like uh, when when he talks to the the woman dressing up as a pirate, who is actually not a major character. Thank God there is no romance subplot here. <laughs> Very interesting because she's just like a side character, only gets like five lines, but. She's always there because she's a woman, but obviously has a beard. Just has a really huge beard, cover her face, and you know there'd be lines like, "You're sur- you're surprisingly curvaceous as a pirate. <laughs> you're surprisingly curvaceous pirate." Yeah, things like that. You know, it's very, very subtle British humor in the dialogue, and kids probably won't catch it. But you know, adults you hear it, and you're you know, it's very good. It's it's good for a couple of chuckles. I don't think it's dumbed down or anything. No. All right, that's the uh, the pirates band of misfits. But did you have a rat? Well, no, that was my ice kind of started off. My rant was, I can't see it in the theaters because it's gone. <clears throat> no oh. opportunity uh, unless I want to watch, want to watch the Cantonese version, which I could do, but I kind of want to see the hear it with the. No, original, no, you definitely want to watch it in English with the original sure. voices. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how. I'm not sure how. Um, apparently, according to IMDb, Al Roker uh, dubs, or they, they actually get got U.S. actors to dub some of the actors, um, some of the other pirates. For mm-hmm. example, Al Roker. Um, Dubs the pirates who like sunsets and kittens. Yes, they have more. They have names like this. Um, and <laughs> Anton Yelchin uh, dubs the albino pirate in mm. the U.S. version. So I'm not sure why they thought about why they actually did this. Of course, they kept Hugh Grant because you know he's Hugh Grant. You don't. You never replace Hugh Grant. Um, so yeah, it's. But yeah, you definitely want to hear the British original British version with the original British uh, voices and and the the, the humor and things mm. like that. Yeah, I wonder what the, how they'll deal with that with the DVD release or the video release. Yeah, and maybe maybe have to get the uh, UK version instead. They might the have both available. Never know. Yeah, that'd be nice if they do. If they have uh, multiple options for yeah. audio. Um, so yeah, the pirates uh, get out there and see it, uh, especially if you have kids. Although not if you have babies. <laughs> All right, uh, I think it's time for this. You're listening to the East Screen, West Screen podcast. Visit Comcast.com for more. Uh, So I think we had some comments. If I can uh, pull up the website. From our last episode, 117, talking about uh, The Dark Knight. Matt S. wrote in, uh, left a comment on the page. He says, uh, didn't really plan to see The Dark Knight Rises, but had the day off and figured why not. I actually liked it more than The Dark Knight, uh, which he said he felt was bloated and unfocused. 
Um, he said, it didn't really drag for me, um, considering all the ground they covered and the lack of Batman made sense, considering the story they were trying to tell. Uh, I agree. You know, I, uh, I also thought Han Anne Hathaway did an amazing job. Um, despite the universal internet, despite the near universal internet nerd rage at her casting, uh, lots of armchair cynics eating crow. Um, and he also points out, he says, uh, PS regarding the chances of, of a Spidey crossover, because we were talking last time how, uh, about Spider-Man, I, you know, how much we'd like to see that, uh, happen in the Marvel films, the uh, Spidey sort of Iron Man or Spidey Avengers crossover. Uh, it says, apparently the Oscorp building almost made a cameo in the Avengers, so who knows? And then he points to, uh, uh, he has a link to an article that talks about um, how the people, I guess, who were doing the uh, the computer graphic design for the cities and the different buildings, the guy who was designing the Oscorp building, um, was they were, they were actually going to let him put it in uh, the Avengers skyline, which would have been kind of a neat thing, but... Um, the rendering wasn't done in time or something like that, so it, it didn't happen. Um, but I still say lots of money to be made if Sony and uh, <clears throat> Disney could uh, get their respective houses in order. I think they can't. They don't want to split it. That's the problem. Yeah, uh, because Sony no, it's, is it's, it's, Sony it's, way way too much money off this to to be able to be able to just take a take a uh, bit of a pie instead of taking the entire pie. Sure, it's an it's an ego thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know, I mean, I was kind of of the mind and I had conversations with a couple of people before Spider-Man came out. We were kind of, you know, th there was this general idea that some people were hoping Spider-Man would bomb, you know, and bomb ba badly so that uh, Sony would just kind of lose interest in yeah. producing it anymore. Let the rights wane or let Disney uh, buy it back. Uh, yeah. But I don't think that happened. And it looks like we're going to go forward with the. Uh, more Spider-Man movies, which is fine. I just, I think that uh, we'd like to see some crossovers at some point. Honestly, with with, with um, and Marvel not directly being involved with the creativity stuff, I'm not sure how much farther Sony can take the, the Spider-Man. I don't, I, I don't want to. It's to a point where I don't want to see them continue trying to reinvent anymore. I want to see what Marvel can do by incorporating him into the world. I want to see it now. By now, yeah. um, so that's that's what I think. Yeah, and I've 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 talked with some other people who are in the same camp with Matt. They like the third film uh, more um, for the, some of the re very same reasons that Matt did, and and I can see that. for For myself, though, it just wasn't um, it wasn't what I wanted in in a Batman film for a, a closing film for the series. And mm. again, I I think that Nolan had his work cut out for him. You know, it, mm. was, it was a very difficult job to try and top what he did in the second one. And for some people, he, he did. And for some, he came close, but no cookie, as uh, mm. my friend would, would say. Uh, the, the real question circulating now that, I've seen, that I'm seeing all over different blogs and different articles is, you know, what next for Batman? And there's all this speculation about uh, can, they do for, can they do more stuff with the Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt character? Um, I saw there was a guy who did a... <laughs> A figure design of uh, which was supposed to be sort of uh, if Nightwing had existed in the film, what would it, you know? And, and it's like a, an action figure design of what he would look like and everything compared with the Batman action figure. So lots of speculation. I think it shouldn't be too long in the future. We'll start getting some some more inklings of Batman news. Um, so yeah, that's it for comments. Of course, if you would like to be a part of the show. Uh, you can head over to our website at concast.com. That's K-O-N-G-C-A-S-T.com. And if anybody headed over there, I guess it was just over a week or so ago, and found that the site looked completely different, I do apologize for that because uh, I had somehow let the domain name lapse. And I had a, a moment of uh, scariness where I thought I'd lost the site and, flashbacks yeah so. flashbacks to my old site cantonkid.com <clears throat> which was uh stolen from out from under my feet by the uh domain the domain name service that, that i had uh, originally contacted but this service that i have now is a very reliable service um, i'll just give a shout out to them it's uh, globat.com g-l-o-b-a-t.com very professional um they had sent me they had sent me warnings on email saying that it was going to lapse, but I thought I had signed up for automatic 
re-registration. And even on my account, it said domain name was set to automatically re-register, but that did not go through. So I ended up going on the phone with the guys and and I was saying, well, or actually I was in web chat with them, a live web chat. And I was saying, uh, my site's down and it's not my site now. And they said, oh, well, your your domain name has lapsed. I said, yeah, but I've got my credit card there and it's supposed to be on auto renew. And they said, well, it's not. Can you go in and do it manually? And so I went in and did it manually. And they said, okay, everything's fine. You didn't lose your site. You know, we we, we keep a hold on it to, to prevent that kind of stuff from happening. And I think within an hour, uh, it was all resolved. So, uh, but, a, but a very scary moment for me for a while, because as, as Kevin mentioned, flashbacks, but, uh, yeah, head over to our site, Comcast. It should look fairly normal, uh, now, although I'm hoping to do some improvements to it before the end of the summer, add some other stuff in there. Of course, you can always stop over on iTunes and, uh, give us a shout out there. Uh, leave us a review. If you like the show, leave us some comments there. If you'd like to see improvements to the show or changes or things you'd like to see done differently. Um, if you'd like to follow along on Twitter, twitter.com slash Comcast um, to follow updates for the show, you can follow Mr. Ma over at twitter.com slash thegoldenrock. That's one word, thegoldenrock. And if you're interested in my um, sparse musings these days, uh, twitter.com slash foxlore. I've not really been touching Twitter uh, since our little package arrived. Hmm. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to get more active on that in the very near future. Um, if you'd like to contact us directly, Gmail, uh, Gmail, that's eastscreen at gmail.com. You can send us some comments, send us a question, send us uh, a short review, an audio review, and we'll just play it here on the show. You can catch us on Stitcher. You can listen to us on your iPhone, your Android phone, your BlackBerry, and your WebOS phone. Stitcher is smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, it's the smarter way to listen to radio. And we thank them for their support of our little show. We also like to thank Rob Gowers of Schnauzer Studio for our theme, Ross Chen of lovehkfilm.com for keeping us out and organized with movie nights here in Hong Kong. Of course, the K-Man for sticking by for 118 shows, and you, the listeners, for being out there and listening each and every week, whether you're in the live stream, uh, in the chat room, or you listen to us in podcast form. However you access us, we're glad you're there, and we'd like to hear from you. Next episode, uh, episode 119, what are we going to talk about, Kevin? Oh, uh, what do we have next week? Um, Total Recall, I guess. Yeah, Total Recall. Are you going to be able to get out and see that? Um, I might. Yeah. I, might I might find some time uh, over yeah. next week. We don't recording until the 14th, yeah. yeah. Um, also, we should have Bulgaria coming on the 9th and The Silent War uh, starring Tony Learn coming up this upcoming week. All right, so we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to. I think there's another... <clears throat> mainland film or mandarin film out there lacuna lacuna yeah but i don't think any of us would be able to catch that so we'll just wait for video yeah well i might catch it we'll see uh, okay maybe i'll get out to one of the like 1 a.m screenings at the china still camp. playing at china camp <laughs> still playing china camp <laughs> yeah. um so yeah all of that and much more on our next show until then this is east screen west screen wishing you a good viewing and we will see you next week see you next week And you know, Bao Jing is like, oh, don't worry. If this bush in the... If this grass in the field, play ball. Okay. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> <laughs>